full bio, and it's like that's all good. I, I don't need any of that. I mean, my, my, I've, I'm gonna call the podcast. I'm pretty sure chatting with Caveman. Cool. Which leaves it pretty explanatory, I think. Are we live? Yeah, I mean, you can go. It's all we're all set up. You can go. All right, episode. Well, three or one, depending on how we count. Our first guest. The other Joel is here today. Thanks for having me. We're uh, we're here to talk about everything, anything. Brought to you by Masio. <clears throat> How's everyone feeling this morning? I'm doing great, man. I just didn't stay up late last night. We're into July. The sun's coming up. It's been a little hazy out there. Did you guys see sunset last night? I did. Because where I lived, it was the strangest color. It's gold. It was gold. Yeah. Yeah, and it brought. Three people out of my street, all out down to the bay. Yeah. Like within three minutes, I walked down. My one neighbor was there with his wife, and then my other neighbor came down. And we're all like, the color drew us out. It was like you had put tinted lenses on. Went well, outside, wild, and I was yeah. like, I gotta go investigate. I was crawling out. Yeah. I saw it. I always describe it as like a like a filter that you would find on Instagram or something. I'm like. Which one was it? Sepia out right now or something. Or <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's an ex-pro looking outside right now. It was beautiful. It hit the whole sky. Sunrise, a little underwhelming today. A little cloudy. A little hazy. It's just good to be out here. I saw, uh, I even commented on your last video, or recent video of release. Uh, the time lapse? Yeah, I want to I wanna do, I mean, obviously any of us can do that on our own, yeah. but um, I wouldn't mind doing a... Uh, kind of did a guided one in the past yeah where you, you told us what to do but what's going on in that that's just oh man that's hard to describe hard to teach you're, but you're that, like contorting your body yeah that's more of like an, an allowing I mean it's like a doing something so I just kind of kind of let go and then I just go down to the ground in whatever way I go down to the ground yeah and then from there when the hands go down then kind of just using gravity and working against it but you just start feeling into where the tension is and then it just it's just something that just kind of unravels you just really just you're feeling everything so then the neck goes back goes whatever it is that goes but um, that was really subtle and slow yeah and that's just because I'm not trying to do anything so then everything just kind of unravels along with the mind and I'm also going through stuff psychologically at the same time I'm going through um, Probably a little bit more subconscious material just kind of slowly eases up. Okay. So there's no expectations. There's no meta, There's no <laughs> method about it. There's no. So you're just letting go and going to the ground, and then whatever happens happens. How fast? Why it's so slow? Um, I go down slow just to see which way. You know. And you go to your knees. Yeah, typically, always end up somewhere on all fours or right. down on my, you know, just down whatever. Either way, the hands are. I think the word unwinding or unraveling, I think, might be the best word. It is the best to word describe it to someone that has no idea what we're talking about but because I, I picture it well with the myofascial or whatever like yeah. that that uh, like wet spaghetti in our body and it gets all jumbled up really or like good. a spider web if you were to like grab it but it still kind of stays intact like that's that's what's in us and then you're just kind of like let the spaghetti fall out yes. or whatever because I learned that from you and I'll do it before bed yeah uh, just for like 30 seconds or whatever and yeah. I always get like a, a back to crack and 
one of these days I want to get like good audio because there's so much popping, popping going on, and yeah. it sounds so good and feels so good. But I think most people would be um, hesitant to want to do that because they would think, okay, it's making noise, maybe this is bad, you know, because everything's kind of like well, opening and releasing. If they're familiar with chiropractic adjustments, it's like a good thing. Yeah, gotta, yeah. Think, hopefully, if, they, if know, they're familiar with that, for sure. I mean, your body's doing that, and it's so accurate. It's un it's as accurate as it can get. What's, what's the state of mind when you, you start that? Is it like, okay, it's the start of the day, let's let's do this, or something comes up and you're like, this is this is a way to release? Um, that particular video, I'll usually do it at the end. You know, the day when I wake up, yes, I get my stretches in, I get my you know engagements in. Kind of like a dog waking up, you know, they always do some mm -hmm. sort of stretch, just engage everything like a cat does. Um, like all animals really do if they're coming out of any sort of stagnant position. We are animals. Indeed, we are. Filthy. But the morning and stuff, I, I would say that, I do that slow. That was really, that's a really kind of deep form of self-expression of me being fucking exhausted. Mm. Just exhausted. That's why it came out so, which is good, because then it all comes out slow. It's all easy. It's not a big, you know, big thing, a big event. It's not very aggressive, but it's unbelievably accurate and really better for me that way. At that time, I had you know, like four or five miles worth of paddling that morning, and I yeah. pushed and pulled on five bodies in a row for seven hours, and then it was just oh, like, shit. down I go. And then I just pull out of it gently, work my way out of it, because I don't know how I'm going to end up pushing on someone. It's for their needs, not mine, so I'm going to try to balance it with, with myself and then with my feet on the ground and then pushing on them, but usually it's a little bit of a sacrifice of me, so I, mean, I, can, yeah. I can kind of unravel that too. For, for the sake of him and anyone else who might ever listen to this, um, yeah. just, <laughs> just describe really quick what it is you you do as a as an MFR specialist, what that means, and what this pushing and pulling uh, is referencing. Yeah, so when you I see just, a client. Yeah, it's just throw it into the realm of body work, which is just massage taking heavily into account that you're working on like the subconscious mind of the person. So you're taking into account that you're working on a whole mm -hmm. So that changes the way you touch. And then with fascia and where fascia science is at, you don't you're not really working with muscles, you're working with a, a full body system. So everything you touch is affecting the whole body. So you work with all that in mind. Um, and that just changes the way you touch. And then outside of that it's really just it's an expression of myself each time. Each time I push and push down. And it's just, it's patient. It's a lot of sticking onto the skin, staying there, placing drag on it, a lot of direct pressure and holding it for a long time, um, giving the person opportunities, but also time for the tissue to let go. So they can actually let it go themselves. Do you get with the client beforehand and, and they kind of let you know where they're hurting at the most, or do you yeah. just kind of go in there and you kind of feel around and you can tell? I don't have much of an intake process. It's yeah. Come in, and a lot of it, it's, it's so, Intuitive, right? Yeah, yeah, it's intuitive, and I, right. I don't have uh, treatment plans anymore. Kind of did away with that. Just what about payment plans? <laughs> payment plans, most certainly. You won't afford this one visit, I'm sure. I try to uh, give people as much information as I can in the first session and uh, give them a boost in the right direction. You know, but you've, you've certainly had instances where the person, the client, didn't realize what was going to be brought out of them, all right? Yeah, oh yeah, like, a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's just, 
Yeah, and if it gets crazy for emotionally, yeah. it's because they feel safe enough with me to, to let that out. It's nothing I really bring out in them, mm-hmm. it's just they feel safe enough, they feel secure enough to do that. And that happens sometimes quick with people. It happens a lot with people on vacation because they don't know me. They don't have a local reputation. They don't care if I talk shit about them later. Or, right. You know, they don't care what I see. Yeah. You know, they don't care what I think as much. Right. The people who live here, it takes a little bit to build up that trust before they feel safe enough to like. Yeah. But it goes. I'm challenging an area that's, you know, say it's a, a lot of emotional holding going on, or so it seems. Um, it could. You know, they're not necessarily, you don't, they don't have to let it go. It's not going to force it out of them. They're, they're going to be holding on to it. Right. Um, and they may not even be aware that it's there, but if I stay with the tension as opposed to just rubbing over it and going somewhere else because it won't let go, it, it starts to kind of come up to a conscious level. And then you feel it's those um, It doesn't always have to be such a, an emotionally, psycho-spiritual event. Sometimes releases are a little bit easier as long as you're slow and patient about it. I'm like my mind's like strapped to the, like the idea of like a massage or yeah. a chiropractor or something like that so like so not as fast not as much thrusting definitely not as much stroking over the skin there's not a but potentially that. more uncomfortable like towards the more like deep tissue painful area. side yeah I just I, I yeah I go deeper I affect right. very deeply yeah you know by sticking all the way to the pulling, heart I mean it goes all the way down yeah it goes down deep I don't although I do drop some Hard elbows, you know. The people's elbow? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Just talking about that, I kind of feel like the spots in my body that I would be like, you would spend time on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we all have them. Like my neck, like lower neck, my back right here. I oh, bet, yeah. I bet. I just like feel it. He does, la- he does landscaping. Oh, yeah. Just some back breaking work, man. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. just that off your shoulder. <laughs> Yeah, that is tough work, man. I did a lot of that too. Is it is it mowing or is it you doing a lot more mowing or straight? So personally, like we've built the business to where like I don't really work that much anymore. Good, you know. But um, yeah, for many many years, for like at least ten years, mowing, irrigation, sod, dirt, you know, like just you things where you should probably use better uh, form while you're doing, you know. So I started learning how to use a shovel correctly. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, kind of like <laughs> grip down on it, not way up top. Sure. You know, and then try to use more of your legs, but like. Was it all back for years? Or? Oh man. Yeah. Until you felt you, it. Pine straw, dude. Go ahead and lay like a hundred bells of pine straw. It's like you're dead. Yeah. I can see why people want to go home and drink beer. Yeah, yeah. really. It starts <laughs> numbing know? it right away, yeah. and it feels good. I get it. Yeah, that's well, one of those jobs. A lot of what you do with. Uh, body and the mind though too if you have a lot going on up there it's a good way to it's not good you know um but yeah it's really effective at that too i noticed that um and i try never to there'll be opportunities where i want to just take some tequila or something but i'm like i'm not yeah i'm not ready i don't feel you know yeah. it's much more effective if you got your shit in order you know, right, right. Psychologically, especially, you know, oh, like, to throw it on top of that is good, and you get a good release, and it's actually really helpful. But to bury some stuff, man, yeah, it becomes really problematic. Shoving it under the surface and stuff. Right. And so you're not having to do a lot of that now. No. So now what is it? Film editing. It's film editing. Yeah. Is it desk work? And but stuff? still, like, yeah, I'll sit there for like four hours and not blink an eye. You know, I'm like, I wonder how I'm sitting. You know. You should get up every half hour, probably. <laughs> just change, yeah. Just change your position up a little bit. That's just a little yeah. bit. Switch over to this. Thing. I I notice I'm like starting to try to like okay. I remind myself I need to sit up more straight when I'm doing editing and stuff like yeah. that. 
But like it's weird because like for so long my like work position has been like hunched back, right? And so like in order for me to feel like I'm working on the computer, I need to sit in like a bad posture. Because that's my work posture. Like down and yeah, like yeah, hunched you're over. focused better that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, okay, I so we are. are. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, so my girlfriend would be like, dude, you need to get out of that position. Because like I got like a girl, one leg on a bar stool, and I'm like this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever it takes. Yeah. Does it feel comfortable, or was it? Are you, are you just trying to get into a position that helps you focus better? That's it. That's it. Yeah. So then you'll you'll have to play with new positions probably outside of it. So then other positions are comfortable. Yeah, the missionary. Yeah. Yeah. Something different, man. A little conversation. He said tried new positions. (laughs) My knees, my ass up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Hard to see the screen with that one. Yeah, I would love to. (laughs) So do you have to have like a like some sort of certificate or a degree or something to do? A license to touch. Okay. So massage is what I work on, the LMT. License I like that, service. license to touch. Yeah, because yeah, there's a few professions that are chiropractors. License to thrill, yeah. license yeah. to kill, license, license, license to touch. Don't worry, baby, I got license, license to touch. To touch. Oh, touch. okay. <laughs> yeah, dude, I never thought it sounded that cool until now, man. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, PTs have it, chiropractors have it, MDs have it, but they're not going to do this I mean, massage therapists, that occupational therapists are also have license to touch. And speech and language pathologists also. They can stick their fingers up in your mouth and everything. I do interoral work. Uh, I remember you had it. Did I get applying, up in your mouth? Applying pressure to the, the gum behind like the last molar or whatever for like five minutes for one of the, you know, one of the release points. Oh, uh, I had you do it to yourself? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So I didn't finger fuck your mouth. No. <laughs> okay. You told Someday, me how to though. fuck myself. Someday. <laughs> uh, finger fuck a man, you fuck him for the day. <laughs> Teach him how to finger fuck himself. He goes away happy. Yeah, that was that's a good one, man. That Or pterygoid or whatever. You know, muscle you're after. Just go after something painful in your mouth and hold it there and the jaw will be like that. Yeah. And that's that's a good place to work. Yeah. Drooling on myself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, your your license touch is under which specific LMT license massage therapy. Okay. But or then the, you the, the the myofascial stuff, like bring us all in a little how many people are in that that subgroup? Oh. What's that under underworld like? Do you want to speak of the underbelly that is? Yes. That yes. is uh I'd like to M myofascial release therapist yeah the myofascial release is a term that's been thrown around for a long time and it's kind of everywhere and, and there's a lot of different ways to do it people using tools to do it other self myofascial release we roll around on balls people call it that too it's pretty washed over now but there's a group of people that will refer to themselves as myofascial release therapists it's either a name they give themselves to stand out from the being a massage therapist is different. Yeah. I don't want people like I did that too. Uh, pulled massage out of all of my advertising and descriptions and stuff just so people don't expect the massage. Right. So they already know they're getting something different. Yeah. But they also know it's hands on and kind of like it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The so called father of myofascial release is John Barnes. He started that somewhere late 70s, 80s. And it was already a term 
but I mean, he owns MileFosterBoost.com and his therapist, and I turned heavily with him, they would refer to themselves. Some of them do. A lot of them are physical therapists, and so they're just physical therapists. Right. But a lot of them like to define themselves as MileFoster Release Therapists, and the true followers call themselves John Barnes, MileFoster Release Therapists. <laughs> the hey, Ohio John State, oh, yeah. the John Barnes University. <laughs> so was he, were they trained under, under that guy? Yeah, he trained. Yeah. And his approach is really, really good to it. It's, uh, it's about as natural of an approach for hands-on work as you can get. So it's beautiful, beautiful work. Um, I trained with them like solidly for 18 months. So that was interesting. So is that a long time? Is that there. a long time? I mean, it seems like a long time, but like, would people be like a black belt in that guy or something? You know, like, do you train with them for like years? What color you know? is your yeah. belt, sir? Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm belt. I'm belless. I don't even, I don't even wear a belt. Yeah, I no belt loops. <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah, there's a ranking system for sure. Is there? Like, in, it's over a certain amount of classes. I don't think, where I bailed out, because I bailed out, I had to yeah. bail out. Um, it got weird. Is it bolty in there? Oh, big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I bailed out probably somewhere around, I don't know, you have to have a certain amount of classes and you have to have a certain amount repeated. So, I mean, I was somewhere in the middle, I'd imagine, somewhere. But, I mean, they, they, it goes off of the classes you've taken as opposed to just natural ability. Yeah, it's a ranking system. It's sort of a ladder to climb there. Weird little ladder. I mean, if you want to... I'm looking for the stairs. Yeah, that's, I was looking for yeah, a snowmobile to get to the top of the mountain, dude, and I found it. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't... I was trying to... It's really complex work. I was trying to figure out what he's doing. Cause it's, so, it's such a heavy-duty um, approach. It's such a heavy-duty work, and, and everything about it is really, really captivating and intriguing. Um, so shortly after I trained, I ate some mushrooms down the woods, South Florida, with uh, my wife. And okay. probably, we were probably somewhere around three of these. Um, but these were uh, a friend of mine from the Northwest, down, for old times' sake. All right. And so they gotcha. were a good, really potent species, wood species, not a cowfield species. Um, and they were really, really visual and wild. But I would say about 10 to 15 minutes into that trip, I had a really good understanding of everything. That made me sort of dangerous after that to him and yeah. everybody else, and it just it got weird. It got weird, and I wrote a book about it. That's really yeah. Wait, did that come out? Yeah, radical unwinding. I haven't got my copy. Which copy, man? It's free. <laughs> yeah, it's free, dude. That was that was the big selling point of getting a copy. No, oh, dude, I'm sorry. Radicalunwinding.com. Which copy? Did that? you? <laughs> <laughs> Radical Where can unwinding. we find that? Radical yeah. unwinding. Radicalunwinding.com. Yeah. Did you ever get it printed? Is it all electronic? I don't think I'll ever print it. Yeah, it's electronic because it was, it's really written in the language of, you know, the John Barnes therapist and, and his cult. It's written in the language and the kind of words you use. And it was kind of for them anyway because um, they kind of did a, a little bit of a, a really, really shitty smear campaign against me. But it was really horribly executed. But a lot of people bought it. I was like, oh man, they can say whatever they want and these people will all believe it as, as far as what happened uh, between me and John and his crew. Because I had some shit to say to him at the end. Ultimately, I couldn't keep hanging around and like, you know, like, I can't keep doing this with you guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's fucking out of line in so many ways. Like, God. You know, and uh, so I made it available to them and then they can get it anonymously. You just plug in an email and then an autoresponder sends it up. All right. So, I mean, it's... Uh, but it's not, I mean, it's like a two and a half hour, three hour read. I kind of, I wouldn't say I rushed it. I rushed the first chapter as far as going into my history. 
because it's a story about me and it's a personal journey of healing and growth and all in the midst of kind of it's a story of dude it's it's like a really old story it's like a Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader kind of story. Dude, that is what's been in my mind. Father and son, mentor, and master and student, and like the conflicts there, and and narcissism, and anyone who's ever been under the authority of a narcissist. It's it's wild. So it's a story about all those things kind of wrapped into one, um, just involving my own personal experience. So yeah, it it was wild. Um, Really, really grateful it all went down, though. Yeah, I learned a lot from it. Took a lot from it. It was hard though. For better and very stronger now, yeah. You yeah. think he's big enough that there'll be a Netflix documentary about him one day? No. No, he's not. No. He's too small. And he has to stay too small. And he's too out of date now. And um, he was so ahead of his time for 30, 40 years, you know. For 30 years especially, he was way ahead of yeah. his time. And then it's just like, no. Not even. That's some old school. Nah, brah. That's some old school guru shit. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> you get to sleep in a compound and stuff? No, you, you visit and you you know, you visit and train and seminars and you go back home and you practice. Oh, you back There's home. online groups, you know, a yeah. Facebook group that keeps the cult mind active, that keeps you connected into it. So you can be anywhere and connected to the yeah. cult. And I mean those old you know, cults I mean I'm, I'm using cult in the term of like a derogatory term, like right. a bad one. Right. It's not that bad, but the sexual abuse isn't that bad. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Define. Is, yeah. Is it that Define bad? the breaking point of. I mean, it's it's bad. horrible for everyone who got kind of worked over by him. But the thing is, is he's he's able to make it so consensual. Yeah. Not only that, but you know, he can put his you know, his internal work for the women. You know, he he has a physical therapist in Arizona. His you, you can touch. go inside of women and work the pelvic floor from the inside. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, they all go in there, dude. I went up there. I got some fingers in my ass, dude. Like. It was a, uh, it was tumbling indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was good though, man. I, uh, I, I, I it's, right it's, a, it's an absolute, you know, legitimate approach. I didn't have much tension in there um, to deal with, but I mean, I can see how a lot of people would carry a lot in the rectum. You can get to the back of the uh, piriformis and all the muscles in the glutes that get stuck. You get to them like you did, and melt a lot easier from the inside. Like butter. Um, yeah, but he would take that and get it, you know. Insane take that legitimacy and, and have them sign a waiver and everything so I mean you can't really get them on much other than the psychological manipulation that went into it you know there's some stuff online some court cases you can read about on them but he always wins them and, uh, yeah I don't know it's weird it's not he's not that uh, demented he's just you know he's got a stage persona that is kind of like the ideal version of him which is what you want to throw up on yeah. a stage anyway and that was probably mostly him at some point, but then it just started to split off to where he became this really heavy duty dude, great to listen to, hilarious, awesome, awesome person to be around. But off behind the scenes, you know, well first I, I recognized like who he's got working for him, who is, who is closest to him, and then I met these people and I instantly lost respect for John. Like, right. Okay, you keep this weak-minded people around you like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some he keeps you know, as instructors, and they're all really awesome, but they stay at a distance, you know, and he needs them to represent him well, but the ones he can take advantage of, he does, and he pulls them in close, you know, um, and that's not a good leadership move, because they never question you, which means that, that allows you to become totally tyrannical, Yeah. and no one ever calls you out on your bullshit in your yeah. circle, because they're too afraid of you, it's exactly how you like it, you know, yes, you can do whatever the fuck you want, so yeah, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty bad um, but I don't know man he's like 80 something you know? 
mean, why is he coming at me? Like, why do you care? God, dude. He's still feeding his ego. Yeah, yeah. It's bad at this point. But at the same time, it's pathological to a point where I don't, he won't be able to see. He can't see what he's doing. He can't, yeah. uh, everything, um, and this goes for any, you know, narcissist or sociopath. It's like, he can't see his fault in anything anymore. Everything happens to him. He's a victim of everything. Do you think... <clears throat> Do you think for him or or and we're gonna kind of like go beyond our, our bounds? Yeah. Do you think he he enters with that intent or it's like this gradual process? Like, hey, you know what I mean? Like, is it is it inherent in that person's nature that if they can get those around them to to follow them, that they would want to take advantage? Or as the power grows, you're like, oh, I like this. Like, maybe I'll I'll keep going this way. Right? <sighs> yeah. I think there's probably some of that. I don't know. It's such a good question. Um, Versus, I'm doing this. People like it. I get a little more power, a little more ego boost. Ooh, I li- I want to keep building, building from that. Yeah. You know? I think so. I think it was. It appealed to. I think the admiration that the women um, had for him and looked at him with loved that. Yeah. You know, he loved the way women were looking at him with the googly eyes and so much admiration. And, and then he was probably pretty feeling a little bit of pressure in the beginning to become what they all needed him to become. Because everybody was, they weren't seeing, a lot of the time, they weren't seeing John for John or a physical therapist or a teacher for a teacher. Right. They were seeing, they were idealizing him, you know. He was like this, you know, so this ultimate to them. And I, I was a, you know, I would do that to him at times. Uh, to, maybe, maybe we can conjecture now for the sake of because you, the audience, if anyone ends up listening to this, they probably don't know nor really give a shit about who JB is, right? Yeah, it doesn't. But really he, he brings context to the story. So the, the question yeah. now for us is, how do we prevent ourselves? Because like I aspire to be a leader, right? Yeah. How do we keep ourselves from falling into that that folly? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I probably have my own thoughts on it, but. Maybe what's your take on humility? Uh, how to keep your ego at, at bay, right? And how do you how do you humble yourself? Um, yeah, I go. I take you know usually a position. It's a prayer position. It's kind of like humbling yourself before God. Comes. But you don't necessarily have to believe in all that to be a humble person. You need to be humble in all sorts of ways and from all sorts of things. Um, sometimes it's a good ass whooping. Know, sometimes it's a good psychological aspect that does it. But how do you achieve humility? I don't know. I've blown mine out of the water with psychedelics to realize, damn, dude, I don't know anything. I'm not shit. Right. You know, so I mean, that helps. But you can actually, like, achieve it physically. Because I'm all about using the body as kind of a gateway in as opposed to trying to think my way into things. But if you get down, like, heavy duty on your knees, forehead down to the ground, <laughs> you know, yeah. a submissive position, extremely submissive, and you sit there long enough, you start going through things psychologically, just from being in that position, and it really brings up things maybe you need to work on. Um, and, you know, or either that, or you can just do a bunch of things that make you feel strong and powerful all the time, you know? You can strengthen your body and strengthen your ego at the same time, too. That seems in a to good be, way. Yeah, you know, and also in a bad way. So, I mean, that seems to be a thing. Um, yeah, humility, how you go about achieving that, I don't know. It's obviously individual for each person. Dude, the world will humble you. You, don't. you listen. Yeah, you know, um, at some point you're going to get 
smack down, whether it's on your deathbed or you know, somewhere in your life, something's going to come about. I would prefer or a death be a loved way, one. way, way earlier in life so that then people led better lives, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what psychedelics are good for, I would think, for younger people, younger generation, not only, and older too, but um, yeah, to get, get yourself out of the way of yourself would be helpful. But man, like psychedelics, like, I, I, you can be in a, like a, an egocentric phase where your ego's kind of dominant. Mm-hmm. And then you go into a psychedelic experience and you have like a godlike experience where you don't feel much separation between you and the divine. You feel completely unlimited and powerful. And you can conclude that you are God and there's nothing really, you are one with him. So really you don't have to answer to him. You're really just answering to yourself. And then you can really, you can spin it and conclude it that way. And then that's, a, that's, that's an interesting spin. It, it, but it happens, dude. It happens all the time. Yeah. It almost, it's actually happened to me a couple times in psychedelic trips. But I didn't, I didn't run with it. I didn't act it out, you know. Because I believe there was something bigger than me still. That was the only thing that kept me from being like. But I also, I still was running with that a little bit, you know. But I think when you don't believe you have to answer to anybody, then you do it how you want. You don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to own up to anything. Except for yeah. yourself. Right, because you are God. Right, you are it. That's that's the narcissistic viewpoint. It's a God-like stance. They take the role to God. You know, typically as the Father of God. And that's the ultimate narcissist. His way, our way. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's only the power that you might give him, though. You know. Yeah, exactly. Or, a, or, or credit to him. Yeah. Right. You know. So I mean, that's ultimately that the narcissistic move. So to not how to not become it is like the best question ever. It's not a matter of you know. Uh, how they get that way or how people get that way it's how do you not do that as you become a more powerful person it would be tough too because you're kind of you're kind of pushed by like almost like a wave it would feel like if you're doing something that people like or something yeah kind of kind of just feel like you're getting inflated a little bit and then you kind of want to give them what they want so somehow sustain your true self when you began the process it's, yeah. so maybe empathy too you know trying to see yourself in other people yep because that'll bring you back down. Yeah, I remember that. That's what, uh, I mean, to sum up, trog, which is kind of like the word that embodies Yes. Yeah, I like that. my whole mission. And and it's funny because the word, did I tell you how the word trog came from? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so Simon and I, I joined in, you know. came up with the word because my brain's caveman covered and we had watched this movie called Bone Tomahawk. It was really good. Uh, movie it's kind of weird it's a new new western yeah. near western and in in the film there's like the classic cowboy kind of people but then there's these, these cave people and, and they're troglodytes which is a technical word for like a cave dwelling person or whatever anyway there's a scene in there that's like super gruesome uh, but we liked the word troglodyte but it seemed kind of lengthy so we just shortened it to trog as as a replacement for caveman right yeah, yeah. well then then the word started to like take on a, a real meaning um, and I've explained this in one of my personal Facebook videos, but to pursue trog was like, first it was, okay, you, like you work out and like, let's say you do a max rep where you just feel like this, this endorphin rush from physical exertion, like you're getting closer to trog. And then it's like, it's helping other people. And, and then it becomes the realization of like becoming your better self. Like that's what trog is. Yeah. And then I realized trog is my word for like, what enlightenment is to that camp, what nirvana is to that camp. And then it became so perfect that TROG is the acronym, it's the true reality of God. Yeah. Like that is what we are all pursuing is, uh-huh. is our TROG. Because when it comes down to it, 
we're all trying to do the same thing um, and that is explain the invisible right like yeah. we, we can all talk about our five senses and what we're trying to do and how that's different like I'm into surfing and I'm into uh, whatever knitting right those are the five senses but the, the, the six faculties your your will and creativity and imagination at the end of the day no one has an answer that we can overlay with our five senses. Like yeah. there's, there's no proof of God at the end of the day, right? So that means we're all trying to give our best explanation of what is out there, what's in the invisible. And so for me, Trog is that embodiment of being one with, with the, the goddamn universe. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. What is beyond language. Yeah. yeah. And, and what we cannot see is far greater than what we can see. And most people don't realize that because they're too busy, they're too caught up in the five senses, which is so finite, you know. If anyone believes that there's a spirit or a soul, then, then this and, you know, our meat suit is, is so temporary uh, in the grand scheme of things. So so I guess the other question is, how do we, how do we find our humility and how do we help get other people to wake themselves up? Because it has to be on their own volition, right? And it's, it's usually usually one of two things. Something It's always something big. It's usually something really bad, yeah. and occasionally it's something really good that, that wakes some, someone up. Um, Wayne Dyer's got a movie called The Shift. I don't know if you I know who he is. I think I've seen it. Yeah, I think really I've seen it. Really good. recommend everyone to go watch it. And The Shift is referring to that that moment in anyone's life when... The, the real door opens and that yeah. could be through could be through psychedelics yeah. although I think yeah relationship issues and stuff he was kind of showing how life will do that to you yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, there's three people and they're all going through something else and, and Wayne Dyer is a prolific writer and, and like motivational speaker and all that kind of stuff so he's a, he's a good reference um, when going down this path but yeah how do we how do we help people get to that level of humility or, or empathy and not be just feeding our own ego to do nah, it. Dude, we got to go around fucking humbling people, man. Stay humble. I mean, <laughs> got to humble everybody else. Yeah. As Kendrick would say, sit down, be humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to get him, man. That's the mission. I don't know. I my I concluded with that kind of rabbit hole, which it is one. If you really get into it, um, was you have to submit to something bigger than you, mm. whether that's the ideal you. You know, um, whether that's the higher self or God or however, it's got to be something you have to like submit to your to something. There's got to be some sort of submission in there, um, and not to another human being, and not to another thing. But right. that's how you achieve it in martial arts through a master and submitting, being submissive to a master to a point. You know, but it's I don't know. I feel like you should submit to yourself. But I mean, are you really the master of yourself? You know, so you get yourself to do that. the things you know you need to do. Can you? Who's really running the show all the time? You know, yeah. it's tough. Interesting but you say that. A lot of times. Rick had me just listen to, and I'm familiar with his name, but hadn't listened to his lectures to Sam Harris. Yeah. And hardcore intellectual man. Yes, and he's all about, um, and he would need to flesh it out even more because I listened to his lectures like so many questions. But basically, that we don't have free will, that we do only what we can do. And whatever we end up doing, you were gonna do anyway. Yep. He, ha he has this um, example of how I mean, about picking movies and how you can only pick something that you already knew, so you were gonna pick it anyway. And it 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 lead, left me a little depressed because yep. it, it's like there's no there is no free will. And right. It's like it's really hard to reconcile um, that notion 
And the big question I would have for him is, if, if we're all pretty much just operating the program that we have, who chose or what chose that program? Yep. And is, does that mean there's any free will behind that? I mean, he's a hardcore atheist. Let's let's start there to explain the one, yeah. his understanding. And I haven't gotten to listen to it, but he and Jordan Peterson had an event where they had like a debate, I think more than once. Five. This was in London. There was like 8,000 people showed up. I'm really hoping that was caught on. The Vancouver one. Caught on tape. I know. Jordan Peterson will be throwing up on his podcast when they did it in Vancouver was the latest. They did too. They tried to do it again and again. Okay. And yet, Jordan Peterson you know, will take... Do you know who Jordan Peterson is? No, I've is? heard of him because I, I do the podcast too. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard of him, but I don't know exactly so, what he is. clinical psychologist, professor out of University of Toronto, taught in the U.S. at Harvard for five years. Um, he's a hardcore intellectual up. too, but he's more on the side of kind of defending religious ideals or maybe even Christian apologetics. And then, which I that, but it seems like he's practicing that. Yeah. Well, it seems like he took a lot from the Christian apologetics, but then Sam Harris is on the other side of that. So they're kind of yeah. debate like the most intense questions, you know. And it's 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 tough watching their debates. I kind of have to like dictionary my way through that. You know, yeah. Now and again, but like they're good to listen. We'll to. have both those guests on in the yeah. upcoming episodes. Oh, they'll be running, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, those are those are good minds to pay attention to, man. Yeah. Like really good minds to pay attention to right now. They'll be Jordan Peterson will be one of the Sam Harris is gonna be known as one of the greater intellectuals of our time. Yeah. I've um, been I've been listening to Joe Dispenza, uh, yes. uh, Bruce Lipton, and this guy named Greg Braden. They've all been on the the London Reel, which is a podcast I really enjoy. Um, and they're kind of in the same same circle of things. Just trying to get as as many like takes and understanding of this, it's all the same thing that we're, we yeah. all end up talking about, right? Comes back to the pretty much explanation of the invisible. Yeah. But it's great that we're on that, that path of personal discovery and in the hopes of leading other people. Because, I mean, what's the goal? The goal is the enlightenment or the nirvana, but it's the goal is to improve your experience here yeah. and have a greater or better understanding of what the whole experience is. Yeah. I mean, I, like that's what my goal is. Yeah. In, in a way that isn't necessarily only self-serving, sure. or or serving in the the context of like material things. Yeah. Like that. That's that's the goal. Yeah. For me, like if I can softly like wake up. Do you understand what's happening? You know. You gotta talk into my booty here. Right. <laughs> yeah, swimmers here. In fiction. And if they're not yeah. ready, well, that's fine. Like it can't be can't be through force yep. it has to be you know I guess like what what Jesus was trying to do beyond his disciples just don't nail me to a fucking cross yeah we all have a cross to bear <laughs> whether or not we're gonna get nailed to it uh, Tony that's a long road dude. it never ends yeah what was that yeah. road uh, literally what was that road called Damascus yeah well, that was for Paul guys. Well, okay, what was Jack? Well, yeah. Man. Paul did some amphetamines and yeah. found his son <laughs> Christ. Golgotha was where he got nailed. Anyway, not in here nor there. <sighs> what else should we talk about? What time is it? I think you just breezed through that subject that you just touched on. Yeah, there's a lot to go into which yeah. on that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, which one? Dude. What were we? <laughs> I would say the. Let's dive deeper. Let's go. 
through the personal discovery of your time here on this earth. I got to do a little like movement. I've been down yeah. down there too much. Hey, I want to ah! see some of that ah! on the knees thing that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know what like to do. Uh, it's a little shitty in the sand because you get all, yeah. all sandy. I, I do a lot of mine just standing. Standing, yeah, yeah just. I'm, always, I'm always picturing you when I do it. Not in, in, not in a bad way, but like. In a bad way. <laughs> How would Joel do this? Like, you what know? am I wearing? How would. <laughs> am I just nude? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I find myself wondering what color what color are our panties? I mean, they're probably basic white, but maybe, maybe it's something I've never seen before. Basic white cotton. Based on what I don't even know about. I'm sorry, boys. I thought we were in the trust tree. <laughs> We're in the nest, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I got my grandpa. I had to go do that with my grandpa and get some information out of him. And then luckily my aunt went and got his full history, got it all written down and everything. And he just wrote it down. So like, like, as as he something. was orating it, his as, history? Yeah, like okay. he was talking about it and like so much stuff we had no idea about. No idea about. But uh, we finally got it all down and then same as being done for my grandma. I'm not sure about that. And my dad's done really good at piecing it all together. You know, it wasn't that long ago where it was normal tradition to, to give history orally like that's how yeah. that's how everyone did it and now we've kind of hit this gap of like well i don't know probably be captured on my instagram or something but i kind of i not to segue too strangely but i want to start giving back right like volunteering etc et yes but i want to go i want to go hang out with the old people at the uh, nursing home i, I want to yeah. like start just getting there and a lot of it's probably going to be uh, not fun because they don't want to be there. But I imagine finding some diamonds in the rough and yes. just like taking in their their story, sitting down and being with another person and and learning about it, what life was like back then. Because the cliche is true, you know, like kids don't appreciate life. So I always think about at my, my age, what was my grandpa doing? Okay, he was, was he just finishing his enlistment in the service. Oh, yeah. war, like yeah. war was going on, like it was a completely different mindset. And it's not because I think that kids can't appreciate it, it's just like the practice of gratitude. Yeah. If you become aware, I think everyone just becomes a softer, nicer soul, right? Yeah. So I want to go download into into myself like the stories of, of these old people, see what they got to say. Yeah. You know? and, and I'm serving myself as much as them because they're like, hey, maybe someone wants to listen to me or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't done it yet. But yeah, there's like the plan from my boy Gary Vaynerchuk just because he's like so knowledgeable. Right? Yeah, you know who yeah. this guy is. Wait, who? Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, he's, just yeah. Like, he's, yeah. he's big online. So yeah, he, uh, he always says go hang out at a nursing home. Does he? Yeah, go oh, hang shit. out at nursing home talk to people because he doesn't want you to live when it comes time for you to be old as shit. Regret. Yeah. Come. You know, so he doesn't want anybody to regret anything in their life. So go hang out with people in nursing home. All they have to talk about is about hospice. would probably be ideal if you could get into a hospice somehow. Because like those yeah. people are right on the brink of that. Yeah. That would probably be some interesting shit. So that's that's just like, really it really just makes me want to Episode too, 2. You know, it's like, limited time here on the earth. So limited. I love reading about things that try to put into perspective, like, who we are as a species and how fortunate and lucky yeah. we are. Yeah, uh, I'm reading We're special man somewhere. E.O. Wilson, one of his most recent books. So E.O. Wilson is was the Biophilia Center is named after him. He's about in his 90s. He's definitely in his 80s. He's like one of the foremost biologists of our time. 
he's, he's got studied ants for like 40 or 50 years. Uh, very revered by everyone in, in the community. And his recent book is The Meaning of Human Existence. It's a, it's a short book. And he's taken d different angles. But he was just pointing some things out. You know, even if you still believe in that God is the ultimate origin of the creation, we're, we're relatively positively certain that the Earth is four and a half billion years old. Like, yeah. science is going to prove all that. And it's like, okay, if it's been around all that time and we're here now with the features that we have that are so, 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 so recent, yeah. how awesome is that? And he was just pointing out, like, we are one of only... I don't know if any of the other three species are truly bipedal completely. We might be right. the only bipedal ones. Yeah. We stand up because everyone has at least four extremities, yes. but their other four are for yeah, for, doing for movement. Yeah. And we have ours now for action. It's like, God, that's so cool. And then he's talking about how our line of sight is one of the highest. Almost every other creature is Down below. Right. And it's like the difference between able to dominate the world here and if you're down here, yeah, like, right. would we be building and creating what we're doing if we were really this, yeah. like, just this average five-foot difference? Well, so we wouldn't have been able to move around as efficiently either. So yeah. That bipedal makes us really efficient in long distance. And it's like, how, how awesome is that for us to be experiencing this here and now? But our brains are so advanced that, we, that one person can create something that improves the lives of an entire Earth? and then suddenly they become removed from like how cool that is. You know, yeah. just like when we got the power grid, the difference in life with having electricity or once we got phones, just think of whenever we, you know, picture the kids on the phone versus what they'd have to been doing 80 years ago to earn money for a fucking popsicle. Or it's like that fast because our brain is so advanced. It's like, well, hold on, let's take a step back and just be like super grateful of, of you know, what, you got what we are as a, as a species. And coming back full circle to what you're talking about, how finite the experience is. The world's, you know, four and a half billion years old. We're gonna live, even rounded up to a hundred years. What does that come out to? Like one, one ten million percent of the existence. It's like, okay, this is special. Yep. Because for us to be aware that we're here for that period of time, to me, says something significant. Yeah. So it's the time that we have YouTube too, right? So it's like, you need to be saying some shit that when somebody finds whatever we're saying right now, they need to be like, dude, those guys knew what was going on. Right? So the rest of these guys were fucked. These, these were other guys, something. I don't know, but these guys on the beach were like, okay. Oh, they know what's You know, the aliens would be picking through it like, they did it all right. <laughs> I, I believe that uh, in the future, might be one generation, two generations, they're going to view our willingness to give cell phones to kids as equivalent to giving cigarettes to kids. We'll I, I, I really, yeah, I, I really believe that it's going to be understood. There's how a lot of things we're going to look back on and be like, ouch. Yeah. yeah. And how did they survive that? Well, they, they procreated seven billion of them, so a couple yeah. million survived. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be at 15 million by then. Have billion? Have you looked at the old cigarette ads? It's like your doctor's favorite cigarette is a camel. Yeah. Or something that's like... Well, it dude, relaxes yeah. the nerve fibers of the lungs. Yeah. Well, because nicotine does it helps help you focus. Yeah. And nicotine in and of itself is a phenomenal it's great. Yeah. substance. Yeah. You've got to not abuse it like everything else. Yeah. yeah it's just so addictive, though, man. But you have nicotinamide receptors in your brain. 
Yeah, you got endocannabinoids. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, every psychedelic has some sort of like a keyhole in your brain. Well, yeah, it's a serotonin receptor. Yeah. LSD fits the serotonin receptors. Yeah. Like it was. Uh, I think it was Bruce Limited was talking about because the podcast host Brian Rose asked him about because Brian Rose wants to go do a, like a psychedelic trip, so he's asking all, all these guys. And he's I think it was Lipton that said. Well, any substance you take only works because there's already a receptor yeah. in your brain. Yeah. And it's like, Rose was like, well, that's interesting. It's an interesting way to describe drugs to someone. Because everyone thinks of drugs as it's this dangerous, exogenous substance that you're taking that's changing. And, and you're like, getting a drug experience. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. actually, it's just activating something. So if there was no receptor, receptor, then you wouldn't have the experience. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. Tony the Caveman here, extending a big thank you to all of you for your support. If you'd like to follow along, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at The Caveman's Cupboard. And if you'd like to support us, you can do so by purchasing on thecavemanscupboard.com and directly from the farm at arrowheadbeef.com. Cheers.